Eternal Dirtles is a Hipsters of the Coast podcast sponsored by Paragon City Games and Cast Haven. You can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash eternal dirtles. Welcome to Eternal Dirtles. I'm your host, Zach Clark, and with me as always is Nate Golia. Nate, how's it going, man? Pretty good. How about yourself? Uh, I can't complain. It's It's been a pretty nice week. Yeah. I am uh, deep in the heart of Texas for a work event, so looking forward to getting home. We have a Grand Prix trial this weekend in Utah, a legacy Grand Prix trial for Vegas, so I'm coming right home and then playing the mat. Sounds good. I am still deep in the heart of Bed-Stuy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, did you get to play any Legacy this week? Uh, yeah, actually, uh, I did. I uh, I finally broke down and bought uh, Infect online, and uh-huh. uh, I played in two uh, two uh, of the uh, five round events. Yeah, the leagues. Yeah, the five round leagues. Yeah. Um. Any Any luck? <laughs> well, I I went uh, in my first one. I went three and two, so I you know I made my money back as it were, and uh, that was that was basically playing like. Storm, Dredge, uh, Bug Delver, Bug Delver, and a Burn Deck. And I was able to, uh, you know, I, I basically beat uh, a Storm Deck and uh, one Bug Delver Deck. And the the Dredge Deck I got lucky against and, and was able to just go, go over the top of him before he could uh, get me. But those those were yeah. close matchups. Is there like a, a plan against Dredge or is it just win on turn two? It's win on turn two, yeah. It's 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 win as fast as you can. You know, we bring in uh, surgical. You bring in uh, graft digger's cage, but like mulling to those aggressively really kills your "I'll just beat you" plan. Yeah, interesting. That's a good point. I never. It doesn't seem like the kind of deck that's playing like you know leyline of the void. <laughs> no, no, yeah, um, yeah, and it it's so my losses were were all. Uh, in three games, which was, you know, heartening that I'm getting used to playing online, and then also I'm getting used to like playing this deck overall. So yeah. be- being able to at least get one game against people was was pretty nice. Um, but man, I'll tell you, there's so much fatal push going around right now in the uh, in the online meta at the very least that uh, yeah. it's it's real hard to get around. Uh, you know what your opponent is going to do to your uh, infect creatures a lot of times. Yeah, it's too bad there isn't a delve infect creature, right? Oof. I mean, some people are talking about they they play um one hooting mandrels in like in the board so they can just be like, okay, well I'll just get you with twenty damage this way, um, which is it seems okay, but I I, I haven't gone that route yet. I I want to kind of really understand and and you know like uh, digest the deck as it were um before i start making any funny funny maneuvers to it and you know i i love i love a hooting mandrel but uh i think i think i'll hold off on that for just now do you think it's worth going up to more of the like hex proof effects like uh more vines or more um blossoming defense and cutting back on some of the other disruption well right now i am playing um three vines main and um one the board and then uh i'm playing one blossoming defense and i'm only playing one spell snare or spell pierce sorry 
Um, yeah. and, and that seems like it's working. Okay. It just comes down to like, there's a lot of one mana effects that kill, that kill a dude, even with swords out of the, out of the meta. Um, you know, people are bringing in, I I've seen more, uh, pyrokinesis again. That card's yeah. very good against me. Um, you know, uh, I'm not seeing, uh, you know, I'm not seeing as many white decks, which is funny. Um, I mean, I guess for, for obvious reasons, there's no miracles, but I haven't seen any death and taxes online. Um, it's not very popular online because a digital port is it's, like $50 more than a regular yeah. port. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's expensive. And a regular port is an absurd amount of money. So yeah. Yeah. That does impact the meta, which I think we'll talk about a little bit later. Certainly, like, yeah. Um, not against, yeah, my not second... Not Thalia and Swords of Plowshares, though, is... Uh, yeah. Uh, my second time around, I I, um, I won two matches, but they were against decks that weren't real. Uh, I, I I beat a Stasis deck, um, which was whatever. I was like, okay, you're playing Stasis. And then, you know, I beat him. And uh, <laughs> then uh, I, I played somebody playing, like... Uh, uh, a burn deck with like shocklands and stuff in it, so it, I I wasn't really sure what they were actually trying to do because I had won too quickly, but there wasn't any counter magic in the deck, so I just went for it. Yeah, I mean the shocklands are more expensive. Than some two yeah, lands, yeah, right. Yeah, which is what makes it weird. It might have been like one of those things where someone already had a modern deck and they were just like, oh, I'll play this, or they misclicked mm. <laughs> and clicked Legacy League instead of oh, modern. Oh no, that'd be the worst. So you can never do that in the other direction. Like, I don't own any decks that are legal in other formats online. Yeah. So uh, I never accidentally... I guess... No, I guess I can't enter a vintage event with a deck with four brainstorms in it. So nope. I'm safe. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, that's cool. Yeah, I have, I got to play last Tuesday. I took my Grixis thing in the ice deck out for another spin, and I went three and one. Uh, I, the deck was, at one point, nine and zero oh in games that I was on the play. Oh, wow. <laughs> over, over, like, two events. And, like, I was like, what does this mean? You know, my deck's 9-0, which means that it's, like, 2-11 and 11 on the draw. Yeah. Because I was, like, uh, let's see, 5-2 and two with the deck. And then I, like, won the die roll in my final round. But I had to mulligan to, to 5 and mulligan to 6 anyway. So that kind of sucked. And yeah. it was a Swords to Plowshares deck. I was playing against, like, Blue, White, Red, Stoneblade. Um, so he just, like you know, swords my guy for like literally zero effect because it's a zero power creature. Um, but the deck is fun. I, uh, I'm not playing it at the grand Prix trial though. I, uh, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to play a real deck if that makes sense. Like, uh, I just, it's, it's kind of sucks when there's a tournament you really want to win or do well in. Um, you know, there's so few opportunities to play like high level competitive legacy that, you know, you always feel sort of pressured to play a deck that, you know, might do well. Yeah. If you remember, we were, uh, when we were practicing for star city, Philadelphia, uh, last year, last winter, um, that, uh, I was like, hold on a second. First prize for this tournament's like thousands of dollars. I should probably like start practicing. <laughs> That's kind of how I feel now with the grand prix coming up. So, um, I'll talk more about my deck next week and see how it, when I see how it goes, because, uh, I don't want to give too much away because we have a pretty, people are listening to the podcast that I know will be in the Grand Prix trial. So that makes sense. That being, we did have some news about competitive magic this week that I thought was better for legacy than 
the last few announcements of this nature have been. Well, before we get into that, we should we should keep uh keep a good track of the the current top eight played uh legacy oh, yeah, decks yeah, yeah. uh because we have that uh that promise to our patrons uh once we reach one hundred dollars we're going to be uh looking at and doing a uh deck breakdown of each of the uh each of the top eight decks that are currently being played on uh on mad in magic right now yep. And uh, we're going to be pulling those from MTG Goldfish. So, for example, open on today, top eight decks would be Grixis Delver, Storm, Sneak and Show, Bug Delver, Black Red Reanimator, Blue Red. I'm assuming this is Blue Red Delver. Mm-hmm. Um, four Color Loam and L. So the Delver of Secrets is making sort of a big impact right now, right? Yeah, yeah. Delver's back, uh, and he's pretty big news. Yeah, I think I think it's interesting. I um, uh, there's so many ways to kill a Delver, but it's also like a blue card that is yeah. like a three-two flyer. So it's like, it's it's good. It's not. It's I don't feel like Delver is broken by any means, but um, you know, it's interesting that it's just like coming back with such a vengeance at this point. Yeah, it's just one of those cards that you have to deal with, and if you can't, uh, you know, what was you? You know, uh, it, it doesn't. It doesn't break the game nor does it end it but like if if left unchecked for like three turns that's three lightning bolts yeah these bug decks never play any direct damage i mean for obvious reasons i've always wondered if you could play like um uh like uh bump in the night or something like <laughs> the that Naro, the unaro beasting yeah right beasting <laughs> that that uh now that walks in the days never mind i was thinking days was abrupt decay um but yeah, like the bug versions are, are a little bit more mid rangey. You know, he's got the 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 decks tend to have like a couple of Lianas and you know like a Leovold. Yep, um, De- it plays Deathrite Shaman, so you can ramp into these things too. It's you know that the bu- the bug Delver deck to me, I felt like has been the better of the two between Grixis and and Bug. Obviously, I have a thing for Rug Delver, um, being the better Delver deck. But I think in this meta, still uh, Rug still has a little bit of catching up to do. Um, and also, you know, it's, it's been down in the meta for so long that like people still aren't yet playing it again. Um, and, and they won't just... until they see some, some reason to, so until they see some tournament, they're just like, Oh, bug, you know, rug Delver won this tournament. They're not going to be playing it. Yeah. I actually was just watching our friend Tim Akvinar of uh, legacy premier league fame streaming. He was streaming rug Delver. Yeah. I was watching that before we started the uh, recording here. Uh, he was two and two. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, it was pretty good though. Like I, I've been, I've been thinking about it myself a little bit. Uh, without miracles around, like I feel like you just want to play more removal. Mm-hmm. And like I wonder if like you know playing with your fifty-four cards and then like for your six flex spots, just having like two fork bolt, two dismember, you know, and then maybe your two spell pierce or something. I don't feel like you need to play, play spell snare. I guess is my point. Yeah. Because you don't need to, to nail counterbalance as badly. Yeah, counterbalance gone. You don't have to really worry about it so much. And then, you know, with more, I, I feel like because there's more abrupt decays out there trying to kill creatures, uh, and also spell snare doesn't really hit that either. Um, so that's taking up two slots in other people's decks. So you don't really want to try and like fight that with a spell. Uh, snare right now mm-hmm. play blossoming defense and rug yeah it'd be pretty funny <laughs> um, 
But the thing, the you thing go to attack I will... with a Delver, they decay it. You oh, blossoming defense and get in for five. Five, so Oof. good. <laughs> I mean, it's not crazy. That's not that's not insane. It's not something I haven't thought about before. Um, but it's funny to me that um, Grixis Delver is is almost almost double. It's twelve percent to like seven point two percent of of Bug Delver. So that's something that's pretty interesting to me that people are more in tune with the Gurmog Angler than they are with Leovold. And it, maybe that has that speaks to Leovold's price online, perhaps? Yeah. True Name Nemesis is in this deck, and that's $60 yeah. online, too. Yeah, yeah. I think the reason that it is that it is so good is that... I mean, previously with these Grixis decks, like you were either trying to stretch your mana base to play Abrupt Decay, or you were just scooping the countertop. Yeah. Um, and this, with that out of the format, like it's a Delver deck with Deathrite and Bolt. If that makes sense. Yeah. So oh, yeah, like, yeah. The, uh, all those cards are excellent magic cards. Yeah. So you get like the reach that the bug decks are missing, which is why I was always saying like, you know, these bug decks, it's they, they sort of make it easier to stabilize against because they're not, you're not in danger of go, if you go down to like, you know, six, you're not in danger of being like bolt bolted. Yeah. So you can like stabilize there and it's not, you're not under as much pressure. Yeah. Whereas against one with red in it, like, you know, I mean, it's almost like you have 12 life. <laughs> you know, once you get into that double bolt range, I feel like you're really in a precarious position. But so this deck gets to have Lightning Bolt and Death Right. You know, he gets to play True Name, Gurmag yeah. Angler. There's a lot of stuff in here. So, no um, surprise to see Storm uh, at, at number two right now. Like we were saying that a couple weeks ago. Uh, you know, it's pretty obvious that uh, with control decks leaving the meta, you're going to start seeing more combo decks pop in, and that also brings up Sneak and Show and uh, and the Black-Red Reanimator deck. The Black-Red Reanimator deck, I've played it a few times online, and it is really hard to beat if your opponent uh, gets that gets that nut draw. I know, it's like, you just sit there, and then you see, like, Chancellor of the Annex has entered the revealed card zone, oh, and you yeah. just go, oh, come on, every time. And, you know, the thing about that is that it's not just that you get that first trigger, it's that then they're going to put it in play. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> and yeah. they're just going to daze everything you do. So, like, the yeah, best The gotta... best card against this deck in my deck is is Gataxian Probe. Because yeah, I can just cast Gataxian Probe, and then I can daze whatever they, they have, and, like, nothing gets countered. Right, I know. Yeah. And it's Assuming that I get to go first. <laughs> yeah. The card, like the card, surgical extraction is really interesting for this because, you know, people are playing surgical, but that does die to a turn zero chance or the annex yeah. if they go for it on turn one. Even surgical is not going to save you. Yeah. We have Cobb, which I thought was be a solution to this deck, but it's so hard to justify playing that card. You know, well, which card um, was that? I think I think you cut out for just a second. Oh. Uh, fairy macabre fairy macabre yeah yeah so of course you know it's usually hard to, to justify playing such a card in most decks but for the reanimator deck he's got four in the sideboard yeah it might be the way to it might be the way to to take out that deck um yeah well so... it's like it wins the mirror too because you discard it to oh, knock yeah. out their target and then you reanimate the fairy and you have a 2-2 flyer <laughs> or you or you reanimate their target Right, that's true. Yeah. Right, if they target something, you take out two of them, but they've got a third one in there that they didn't target with their reanimate. You're like, cool, and then I'll reanimate your target. I don't even have to do any of the work. 
Yeah, but surgical extraction being so popular, I'm, I'm I'm almost sort of surprised that these combo decks are able to power through it. Yeah, I mean, that's a good card against like show and tell. <laughs> yeah, but, unfortunately, I can't afford surgical extraction online yet because it's like thirty dollars. So um, maybe I'll look into fairy macabs. That seems like yeah. a good card. <laughs> um, yeah, four color Loman elves. I kind of think that that's an interesting like last couple decks in this meta here. Mm-hmm. Um. Four color lobe is probably the best deck against elves, <laughs> right? For now. sure, yeah. Like you have the chalice on one plus punishing fire. Yeah, I've yeah, seen, but you have to draw it. <laughs> I've seen four color lobe. I've played against. I've played against every deck in this uh, top eight aside from sneak and show and elves. So yeah, I, played, I feel like I play against elves all the time. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, I don't know that I would be upset if I had to play against elves because we kind of both just do our own thing. They're not removing any of my dudes, and I can definitely win before they can. Um, but they have blockers, so, you know, who knows? Oh, you can't block Inkmoth Nexus this or... This is true, uh, yeah, Blighted or the Blighted Agent. Agent, yeah. But that's turn three stuff. Um, yeah. But, yeah, so that's the, you know, that's the top eight. Um, so we, we were just about to go into, uh, the, the news from, uh, Star City Games. Yes, we're not, I don't want to go too much into this, like, this isn't the Star City Games show, but they did announce their second half, uh, schedule, and the big news is that, like, it's mostly modern, and... The only other opens that aren't modern are two team constructed with legacy standard and modern teams, two legacy open, which I believe is October 28th in Washington, D.C. So I actually think this is good news for legacy. (coughs) Excuse me. Um, It shows that they're not just beholden to standard. Yeah, it definitely shows that they don't have to. Just because Wizards is trying to make everyone play standard doesn't mean that we, we have to. Yeah. And, I mean, if you don't like modern, that's, that's I understand, you know, whatever. But, like, um, if we can up the turnout for these, where we have opportunities to play Legacy, like, if you really dominate those Legacy classics when they have them on the team constructed, which is what happened in Baltimore, there were way more people in the Day 2 Legacy classic than the standard classic. Um, if you if you go, if you show up to those and we show up to the... Uh, legacy open and the standard open lags behind i wonder if we can convince them to do more even if it's day two legacy just do more of it yeah i, mean, I, I just i've always said like it vexed me that they weren't doing more modern because it by far was just like dominating their in their attendance you know yeah i mean, I mean they're getting like nine hundred thousand people yeah yeah we did that breakdown and it was like obvious that modern was was bringing in more people for them uh you know more so than standard and and legacy was was always slightly behind standard, but um, I think that's because they're not doing them all the time everywhere. You know, it's hard for people to just be like, okay, well, I'll come out this this time for standard. But um, well, the second the second half of last year, legacy was well beyond standard. Yeah, the opens when they had them were bigger, and the uh, the classics were, you know, legacy was win was edging out the standard attendance, or you know, not losing by that much, um, and you know, I, I we talked about the reasons why. Like you had the Eldrazi deck come out, and then you had Eternal Masters come out, and people wanted to play Legacy. They didn't want to play Standard. So, you know, I think that the fact that they, but the fact that they are that they have responded to seeing the attendance for Modern means that if we can get our attendance up for Legacy, they might respond to that as well. There is hope. I mean, I don't think they're gonna. I don't think they're gonna do it all the time. We're not gonna get Sunday opens back, but 
at least at least they're showing that it's not just about like we want to sell standard singles and Wizards wants us to push standard. Yeah. Because they're making a pretty aggressive statement. It's like you know six or eight or some amount of that modern tournaments. Yeah, I mean that overall so, it's it's good news if you're if you're a legacy player because you have there's a chance. Yeah, and I think the team the team uh, the team opens are an int- are a way to really show the contrast. I mean, it's interesting what they're doing there because it's a way to get 300 legacy players, right? For sure. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know, 300 a 300 per- person legacy open would not be enough for them to justify running it at this point in their cost structure. But, you know, you still get to play at a 300 player legacy tournament, which is cool if you're the legacy player on your team. So Yeah. You just have to convince two other people to play formats that they might not want to play. <laughs> I know I was thinking about that. One of them's in Atlanta, which is a Delta, another Delta hub like Salt Lake. I was like, geez, I could just you know, fly in. There's going to be like four or five flights a day. Maybe I could go and do this thing. But I'm like, I don't know if I know people who play modern and standard. Yeah. Yeah. Geez. I mean, I would love to play, play modern in a, in a tournament like that. Uh, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of modern, but it's just like finding that third person that wants to play standard that like tolerates a legacy and a modern player. You know, yeah, you got to find someone who can play standard but isn't like, you know, eight. <laughs> yeah, it's like think about it. Like if if you're, you know, we're legacy players, and and I get around the Magic Together and community a a little bit more than than an average person. I get to talk to a lot of people from, you know, that play a lot of different formats. That's part of being, you know, like the founder of Hipsters of the Coast is just like a thing that I do is talk to people about Magic a lot, um, and oftentimes there's these cross sections of people that I think know each other and I'm like, Hey, you know, how about this guy? You know, you guys know him. And they're like, no. And I'm like, Oh yeah. Like you're a limited player. He's a legacy player. You guys would have never met, you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, and I just assume that like everybody that I know also knows each other and that's definitely not the case. So with legacy, it's funny because the legacy community is, is, is very tight knit, but small. And, uh, you know, we don't know all the all the uh, standard players and uh, the modern players don't know all the legacy players and whatnot because it's sort of like you get into that format and then you kind of stop playing the other formats, right? Yeah, and I, I found that that's definitely true. And uh, you know, I think there's a lot of reasons for that. You know, the, but the cohort of players is probably the easiest one. I uh, I played a modern tournament. I liked it. My deck did very well. I played like a four rounder, right? And then there was like a big modern event coming up. So I was like, I'll play in that, you know? Well, let me take my deck one more time. So I went to this other shop that I don't usually go to and just to like play their modern tournament because it was convenient. Yeah. And I was just like, I felt like I wasn't, in, I felt like I was playing like a different game. I, I actually asked one of my opponents how old they were. They were 19. I'm 34. Man, 19. <laughs> I remember being 19. Yeah, like they're like it's funny though because like I had my I had just because I had grabbed my bag like I had like my legacy decks in my bag. I was like, geez, yeah, that kid definitely was born after I started playing. <laughs> yeah, oh, there's a lot of <laughs> and that. It was, it was yeah, nice yeah. and everything. Just it's a little different, you know. Yeah. Of so I course. decided not, to, and then I opted not to play in the big modern tournament, you know, and just to you know did stuff with my family instead, which was great. Yeah, but, I mean, know, there is there is also that that part of the game is like, you know, as as a Magic player. I'm 37 years old, uh, or I will be in like a week or two. Uh, so, mm-hmm. so you know, I like to converse and hang out with people my own age. Uh, generally, legacy players or people that can people that can afford to play legacy 
are in my age range, uh, occasionally a little younger than me, but for the most part, I don't ever have to play Magic with somebody that's like learning the game, which is a huge thing for me. I don't have to teach anybody how to play a game. I, I'm not there to work. I'm there to actually, you know, enjoy yeah. my time off from work. So that's, that's one thing. And then the other thing is like, uh, I don't, I don't want to have to deal with the things that I, an adult deals with when they deal with teenagers, uh, <laughs> which is like, hey, respect the other people around you, respect your space, uh, try not to be overly annoying to anybody around you. Not, not to say that all Magic players under the age of whatever are annoying. It's, it's merely to say that when you're an adult and you go into a environment where uh you know teenagers are, un are are unfettered by the the adults that they're normally around they're a little looser and they tend to um they tend to become uh, a nuisance at times so being able to play legacy and uh be around people that are are your own age uh that's that's one of the most important things about this format to me actually well it's funny too because what i notice that when you know i play against younger people in legacy tournaments um, either because they're like working their way, they're working their way into the format or borrowing a deck, they always sort of they act up to the level of the other players. Yeah, oh, and yeah. it's funny. Like I notice, I have noticed a difference. Like if I'm in the format, like the players could be the same age, but like you know because the average age of the player is lower, it's like they sort of act down to that. <laughs> um, and you know whatever, like that's that's not a huge, it's not a huge hang up, but yeah, I mean. Uh, I just, uh, I just, uh, I just, I noticed it myself that I like one of the reasons I ended up not wanting to play this tournament was that I, you know, you wanted to feel like an adult living in an adult, adult world. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's a real thing. Uh, and, and it's something that I don't think players think about enough when they're, when they, they reach that burnout stage of the game is like, why am I getting burnout is one of those reasons because the community that I'm involving myself is, is burning me out. And for me, that's several times when I stopped playing the game, it was because, whoa, I'm just, I'm an adult hanging around with children and that doesn't make me feel good. I don't, you know, and, and I don't want to be policing a bunch of kids all the time. That's not, that's not my, you know, it's not my job certainly, but it's not, it's not fun. So being able to uh, play against people your own age is, is a great reason to, to get people into this format. Yeah, I think that it, it should be said, like, it wasn't even like I had a particularly bad experience. I just felt very self-conscious about it in that moment. Oh, yeah. You know, when I was playing in that in that other tournament. One thing that, like, stuck out to me was that there were actually very young ch young kids at the store, and they had just, like, literally gotten, like, the free packs. Oh, yeah. These kids were, like, 9 or 10. And, he, and I'm, like, sleeving. I, I was finishing, uh, you know, I had pulled some, I had, like, you know, grabbed Polluted Delta and Thoughtseize and stuff from my Legacy decks. So I'm like going through my decks and assembling my modern deck at a corner table, and these kids come up to me. They're like, "Wow, you play Magic?" And I was like, "Uh, yeah." He goes, "What's your most powerful card?" <laughs> and I like was like, "I guess this one." And I showed him like an ancestral vision, <laughs> and he read it. He goes, "You want to see mine?" And he pulls out a Mahamodi Dijin. I was nice. just like, "That's amazing." And I'm like, "You know what? There is something cool about the fact that like." This kid's, you know, got the same like level of power that, you know, the vi vision of like the level of power that I did when I got my first Mahamodi Dijin. Oh, yeah. And I was like, you know, I wore it through like transparent. I just like wanted to draw it all the time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Shuffle that thing up. And uh, yeah, having a six mana creature in your deck that flies and, and actually hurts your opponent like as a five as a five six. I remember every time I cast Mahamodi Dijin. 
uh, that I was just like, this card's great. Yeah, I should just I should, play it more often. Light. In hindsight, I should have showed the kid Consecrated Sphinx. Ooh, gosh. Yeah, <laughs> That's a he would have like, what? <laughs> yeah, he, he would have definitely not, not gotten it. He'd be like, why do you want to draw that many cards when you can just attack your opponent for one more damage? So, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean the upshot is, like, though, if you can assemble a team and then go to this tournament or even just show up on the second day for the uh, Legacy Classic when yeah. they have the opportunity to do it, um, I think if we really continue to blow standard out of the water, um, that they, we might get some more of that stuff, which are some more of these Sunday tournaments, which is great. Yeah, I think that uh, I, th- I think you know, uh, just th- these team events are super fun to begin with, and you know, the, the, all joking aside, like actually playing in them, uh, everyone I've talked to always has a pretty good time, and you know, there's something there's something about playing Magic with your friends. Uh, that's different than like going to a tournament with your friends. Like when you're playing magic and the other people that are with you, if they're all a good, if you've got a good group of people and you're all playing magic together at the same time, uh, and you are all relying on each other. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, definitely. Um, maybe, uh, before we close out, uh, we should just plug our friends at the legacy premier league. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, but- you know, we were, you know, we got to do some commentary for them last week uh, in a guest spot, and it was a lot of fun. And I don't know if you felt this way. I definitely felt this way. I was like, you know, as we were sort of setting up, I was like, I can't believe that they're able to do this, you know, multiple continents, multiple time zones, you know, multiple levels of computing power. You know, they're doing it all for the community. So, yeah, I hope and it's, and it's pretty much all volunteer, right? I mean, we volunteered. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> yeah. Good I mean, it's, no, it's definitely all volunteer. <laughs> like people are people are are putting their time in because they want legacy and want it to do well. So yeah. You know, I think that's that's great. Shout out to them and uh, I believe it's at itsjulian dot com. So cool. Great. Well, I think that's that's it for this week. Uh, we've already mentioned our uh, our Patreon at uh, patreon dot com slash eternal dirtles. So uh, yeah, I think we can we can sign off uh, with uh, with that. Thanks. Have a good weekend, man. Have a good weekend. Stop, stop, animal stuff. Can you see animal stuff? It's our good. Keep it up with the Joneses. Stop, stop, animal stuff. Can you see animal stuff? It's our good. Keep it up with the Joneses. Keep it up with the Joneses. Keep it up with the Joneses. Where does he get those wonderful toys?